You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. It's 2.33 a.m. at the Kaminsky Method Acting Studio. And you're listening to Night Call. Hello and welcome to Night Call, a call-in show for our dystopian reality. I am Molly Lambert and with me as always is Tess Lynch. And joining us today we have a very special guest, uh, Mara Wilson. Uh, Mara is a writer, a playwright, and an actor. She's done a lot of voice acting. She has a substack called Shan't We Tell the Vicar and is the author of the book Where Am I Now? Welcome to Night Call, Mara. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I, I love this show. Oh, we're so happy to have you on. Um, we were going to talk today about a couple of night collie things, uh, isolation tanks, which you have yes. some experiences with, and also acting classes and how they are like cults. Which oh, yeah. I've written, yeah, I've written articles about this. It's, that's a real thing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, why don't we kick it off with a night call? 
Hi, Nightcall. It's Lindsay. Um, I heard the topic this week was acting classes that are like cults, and that brought back some memories. Uh, I was a high school and college drama geek and a drama major in college, and I took part in some really questionable activities that seemed normal at the time, but that looking back, I'm kind of horrified by. Um, some examples in high school drama class, we were regularly made to do stream of consciousness type exercises that ended with all of us screaming or crying as a group. Um, and I had a succession of drama teachers who, thankfully, as far as I could tell, were not abusive. Uh, some of them were a little creepy, but I, I was not abused. But they were very cult leader-like, and they often had inner circles of students who they spent a crazy amount of time with. And people talked about them sort of like they were gods and you were not allowed to criticize them in any way. Um, by college, I felt like uh, acting classes were more like unlicensed therapy. Uh, just a lot of exercises, again, that asked people to draw on childhood trauma. And if you didn't really have any childhood trauma, you would kind of be pressured to make it up. Um, I witnessed quite a few full-on emotional meltdowns by fellow students and occasionally professors. And, of course, there were no clear rules about confidentiality or anything like that. Um, looking back, I, I can't believe that I just thought this was normal or deep. Uh, so I wonder if Mara Wilson or any of you who participated in any acting classes or theater classes have any thoughts on this. Um, should we start regulating this stuff? Should we have clearer guidelines for acting classes where personal info is shared um, or teachers seem to think they're therapists? Or maybe since it's been like 20 plus years since I did this, maybe now there are clearer rules or guidelines. Uh, just curious. Uh, Mara Wilson, love your work. Thank you for all your really insightful writing about Hollywood and growing up as a child star. And thank you, Night Call, as always. Nice night call. This is something we've been talking about a lot over the past couple of weeks, really starting when we kind of launched into Nexium, um, the acting class as cult phenomenon. Mara, I'm really eager to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, none of the things that she said surprised me. I mean, I've been through seri like similar things myself, uh, especially the the thing about uh, people worshiping a teacher and then um and and uh, the teacher kind of having an inner circle that was very much like that happens at every acting school, I would say, like the, the favoritism is uh, is absurd. And I definitely knew teachers like there was there was a teacher I knew who uh, would would take a young boy with him to Europe every summer. What? And yes, Tadzio. And uh, and he would he would. Uh, there there would be I, I can't name any names because of lawsuits <laughs> probably yeah. but um yeah I, I knew a teacher who would do that uh the this the boys were all over 18 but that didn't make it any less creepy yeah uh, and and really kind of nobody commented on it for a while we were just like oh that's kind of what he does and then you know a lot of times the the uh the the boy would come back like you know questioning his sexuality or something and um and but at the time it was like well how can you even question this you know, uh, so so I've definitely seen that happen. I also think a lot of the exercises they do, it, it really does depend on the school. There's um, there's a lot that's like uh, like Strasbourg based, uh, which was like the very early acting schools, has a lot to do with um, the idea of of like searching through your personal memories 
and and drawing on your own traumas to do things. And for some people that really works, um, you know, and, and there's there's substitution where it's like, all right, uh, you're sad on stage because somebody dies. So you imagine uh, that somebody close to you dies. Um, I know that 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 kind of worked for me when I was a child sometimes, uh, but I was a pretty sensitive child to begin with, so I kind of would draw on a lot of different things. Now, I don't like doing that at all when I'm acting. I, I feel like I, I'm much more like sort of the Adler school, which is more like, you no, know, build a character and become them because, you know, you don't have to be a murderer to play a murderer. Right. So I do think that there is definitely like... Um, there's definitely like it, it definitely depends on the ones that you do. I will say that like I had a really good acting teacher as a child. Like he was intense, but he was very respectful. And I think that's probably because he worked with children <laughs> and he had children of his own. So he knew he he was an intense guy, but he was very smart and very sweet. And and, you know, I loved him and I still love him. I saw him a few months before the pandemic started and and like thanked him for always taking care of me. Yeah. I mean, it's such a vulnerable position to be exactly. in, to be a child yeah. actor. And you obviously have to hope that everybody around you has good intentions and isn't a bad person because it would be so easy to manipulate that situation. Yeah. Um, I feel like you always hear stories about kid actors being, you know, what you were saying, like, you know, hey, think of something really sad. And I feel like there's a bunch of stories about like, telling some kid like, hey, your dog just died just to like get them to cry. Just kidding. That's that's something that they don't do anymore because they did that a lot in the early days. I mean, there's stories of, you know, um, of of Judy Garland and Margaret O'Brien and all of these people being taught, being told, like, we're going to kill your dog. Um, things like oh that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that happened a lot. And I think because of that, people have been a lot more careful with it. But uh, so so I think that and, and I do think that like by the time that like the, the 70s and 80s were were fucking terrible for child actors. There was just all kinds of unregulated nonsense. And and I can tell because when I talk to, to child actors who are even five or 10 years older than me, they have stories that I do not. Mm-hmm. They definitely have stories where where they're like, yeah, I, I was definitely abused or I was left to do really dangerous things or, you know, they had me running through a minefield with no protection and they had right. me do these things and they had me up late at night and all of this. And whereas whereas I was like, my most uncomfortable moments did not come on filming on sets. They came from uh, like creepy men writing me messages <laughs> and... <laughs> And things like that. Like, that's something that people don't understand. People will be like, Hollywood is so bad to children. And I'm like, yes, it is. But you guys also need to take responsibility for the, the general public, too, because the general public does a lot of things. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have to imagine that after the John Landis Twilight Zone movie. Oh, yeah. Where he murdered uh, two children and mm-hmm. Vic Morrow because of lack of regulation and because of, like, working them more hours than you're supposed to and that kind of stuff that there had to be some kind of a clampdown of like, yeah, uh, we actually do have to like, well, uh, somebody who is, who is related to that man was very rude to me a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, <laughs> and I actually met him when I was a child. And, um, and, and uh, I, I think like at the time I thought it was because like a director I knew, not Danny DeVito guys, <laughs> uh, a director that I knew was like friends with him, but I'm pretty sure that that director was only friends with him because they worried about his children. <laughs> <laughs> and and they wanted to make sure that like th- the children were, were going to grow up. Okay. And uh, you know, th- th- I don't know if that happened, but, um, but yeah, but somebody who was related to him. And, and I remember thinking to myself, like, 
if if he ever pulls the well now i'm just totally revealing who this is but everybody already knows anyway uh if he <laughs> if he pulls the uh don't you know who my father is card on me i can say yes he's the reason that we had child labor laws <laughs> <laughs> he's the reason i was safe on sets right my dad told me some story i'd never heard recently because um you know, I was like a little ginger kid. So people would mm-hmm. sometimes be like, hey, you want to like come do some acting? And I mm-hmm. was not really interested. Um, but there was a time when like I saw John Landis at uh, a deli and he was like, oh, you know, what beautiful hair you have. And my dad just like grabbed me, <laughs> pulled me away and was like, that's John Landis. Like he can't be near children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, the thing is that that as you get older, though, it, it people don't think about the well-being of actors as they get older. And I do know definitely several people who have taken acting classes that were fronts for cults or religious groups. Yeah. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that, because I heard about this from Tess a while ago. So definitely oh, yeah. acting teachers all have this kind of guru Oh, for sure. Thing about them. Uh, but some of them really are gurus yep. and are trying to get people either into uh, cults or sometimes just like an MLM. I know some people who went to an acting class that was run by a, a very shady organization that they knew about. And they knew that it was there. And I'm not even sure how they, they got into it in the first place. But they, I think maybe they assumed that they you know, wouldn't feel obligated to join but by the end of it they were so exhausted and so broken down that they almost said okay yes we'll join just to get people <laughs> to stop. and that happens in cults more often than you think where people For are sure. like i don't want to do this and then they do and then they end up justifying their decision later on where they're like well actually i'm glad i joined i mean i know i, I joined it in a moment of stress but i'm glad i did it i was so tired and and you know i was so tired and it was this but but it was actually a good thing because that's the way human beings work and we try to reduce cognitive dissonance and you know we try to get rid of anything that is isn't in sync with our ego you know and yeah. our self-concept and that's and that's a really hard thing to do so i think there's a lot of self-justifying i think there's something also that's interesting that happens in acting classes and also kind of the improv community and stuff like that where it just be it takes over your social life if you're really dedicating a lot of time to it it becomes such a tight community and you've been so vulnerable in front of this community that you kind right. of believe they're your friends even if they're not actually your friends and this has happened to me like I'm not saying it's something that shouldn't happen it's a natural kind of occurrence but then I think that makes you extra susceptible to you know having boundaries be crossed or in the instance of um acting coaches for instance who are affiliated with cult-like religions or organizations eventually yeah like you said you kind of feel like beaten down by the fact that everyone around you is normalizing something that's that's not normal and it kind of it's hard to resist that after a while right and also like doesn't it it must be like seductive to be like oh if I were part of the inner circle like maybe I'd book a bunch more work because of course I'd be you know I mean, there are there are acting schools out there where they have people there who work like who, who work for casting, <laughs> like right. some of the best acting schools. So so there's a reason why. I mean, uh, most of these actors that come out of these schools are are wonderful actors, but there's a reason that they're getting booked over people who went to other schools who are also wonderful mm-hmm. actors. I think another thing is that acting for so many people is all about truth. And it's all about authenticity. And you spend so much of your time obsessing about being fake. And you spend so much of your time obsessing about what is real and what isn't that after a while, it's kind of like you have no idea 
what uh, <laughs> you have no idea what real is anymore, and you don't know if they, the things that you're doing in class are real or not. And people will always accuse you of being fake and phony and phoning it in. And uh, and that's a really big thing. That's like one of an actor's biggest fears is being phony. So there's this idea that you kind of need to break yourself down, and you need to to break yourself down and and try all of these things until you're really authentic, until you're really real. That's something that you saw a lot with Allison Max from Allison Mac uh, in Nexium. Yeah, I think that's how we got on this topic is because oh, we were just like, oh, you know, a lot of these people are actors that are in Nexium and they're actors who are like not fully fulfilled in their careers and want something. And this guy is like promising it to them. Well, it's uh, there's so much talk about being real and being authentic and really accessing your emotion. And and that is something that is incredibly important to an actor. Being being an actor is really like it can be a really ascetic thing. Like we actually had a class at my school and there was a teacher there. I don't I don't know if he's still working there, but I was not a big fan of his because uh, I did a project for his class and a bunch of us did projects. And at the end of the class, he was like, I was a little disappointed in the quality of the work, guys. And we were like, OK, well, we'll step it up next time. And then apparently uh, the next class came in and they were like, oh, my God, the previous class was so shitty. The work they did was so bad. And the other teacher was like, I wanted to throw myself out of the window. It was so bad. And after that, I was like, oh, clearly I can't trust you. Because you're talking shit about us to your other classes, but other people right. loved him. And he had a class that he would teach that he said was taught, was was based on like Russian and Thai and like very sort of like Eastern oriented, you know, kind of, kind of uh, classes. And he, um, you had to wear all white and you weren't allowed to eat, drink, use any drugs or have sex 24 hours before the class. And you I had to- this class. Yes. And you had to clean the floor beforehand, like like a, you know, like a Japanese monk. Uh, you had to clean the floor beforehand. And I was supposed to be put in that class my senior year. And I was like, no, fuck that. I'm not taking this. This is my senior year. Put me in the classes that I want to be in. So yeah. I, I think I took like a I think I took like a voice lessons class instead because I was like, I was like, I'll just get my uh, I'll just learn to sing better. Like that's going to I think <laughs> that's that's a practical skill. Instead yeah. of making making artwork that like probably not a lot of people want to see anyway. You saw everybody wearing all white and you were like, mm, I don't know. if." Uh... Yeah, actually, this does look like a cult. And then I knew so many people who were doing his shows and were not getting paid and mm-hmm. and we're not we're putting in so much work. And I remember thinking to myself, what do you get from it? Like I had a teacher there who I really loved, but like she had a life that was separate than ours. You know, and she, yeah. she, she, we didn't consider like, and I used to jokingly call her like the guru, but she wouldn't have liked that. I don't think like <laughs> she, she very much had her own life and she lived, she didn't live in the city. She lived out, outside of New York and she was really wonderful. And the thing is like, I had a really great time at my acting school and ours was so much better compared to so many of the other schools there, but there, there still are these issues. There still, still are these problems. Yeah. Really quick. I think we should take a excerpt from a night email. This one comes from Peter and it's just following up with this topic. He says, My question regarding acting classes as cults is, if acting classes are easily susceptible to cult-like practices because of the vulnerability of performers, its hierarchical design, and wise leader status of acting teachers, legitimized by IMDb credits, for example, how do you think these types of acting groups can avoid such cult-like tendencies and be healthy environments to grow and learn? I mean, that's a really good question. I think that 
I think that the students need to make sure that they're safe. I think that they need to agree on rules beforehand. Uh, and uh, that I think is very good. Like, I think that sort of the, the, the issue of consent is something that comes up a lot, a lot in acting classes. Like I had, um, I remember in high school and I went to, I went to an art school. We had, uh, we had some kind of class and uh, maybe it was a mask class or something. And we had to like assume a character. And there was one kid in there that was getting like really violent and shovey. And, and uh, we told, like, we told him afterwards, we were like, dude, you need to stop shoving people. You need to like be really careful. And he, and he would just say, well, I can't change my character. Right. Totally. I've no. heard about very, yeah. I've heard about similar situations where people are, shoving people or getting violent or getting kind of like overly sexual with somebody and then they're like it wasn't me it was the character the emotion came over me and like what am I to do and there really is no framework for regulating something like that because uh yeah what do you do friends I've had friends yeah I've had friends also say like we were doing this scene and then I was like this is kind of hot do you want to have sex and the other actor was like no this is acting. <laughs> yeah. And, and I remember them saying that and me being like, what? Like, that's not, that's, that's not appropriate. And, right. Uh, and you, you saw that with like the James Franco acting school, mm-hmm. um, <sighs> yes. which was everything bad we've been talking about sort of being used to manipulate people that are going in actually like genuinely hopeful that this is going to help their acting careers and make them better actors. And then if somebody just wants to, use it for their own personal narcissism uh, to be abusive. It's, it's not hard to do that. There are intimacy coaches now on set, which I think is really good. And I I think that there should be something like that for, for child actors in general, there should be like an onset psychologist. There should be something like that. This has been something that I've been talking about for years now to, to make sure that children are okay. But I also think that, yeah, there probably does need to be some kind of regulation involved with, with acting classes. Um, if I don't know if like Actors Equity or SAG wants to do this or something, but just making sure that that people are not getting horribly abused. I think that there also needs to be rules agreed upon beforehand, you know, the guidelines there. I had a teacher in college who said that her whole thing was thou shalt not get hurt. So if anybody was was physically hurt, like we had to stop and 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 do the, you know, and and completely make sure. Like I did one thing where I was like where I was like upside down. I was trying to to like uh I don't know, do like a yoga pose or something. And, um, and I, and I fell back and I fell onto my head and she stopped everything and was like, Oh my God, let's make sure that everything is, is here. Like everything is safe here. And that's great. But I also think that we need to make sure emotionally that everything is okay. And I, I do think that a lot of times actors will volunteer personal things about themselves because they feel like that's more, you know, like, like, that's like the better thing to do. There's, um, there's a lot of like, okay, I need to overshare. I need to be myself. I need to do these things. I, I have to do this. And, and I think that actors need to know, like, no, you don't. Yeah. There has to be like a boundary of like, actually, like if somebody's hitting you during a scene, like you can stop the scene and say like, that's not okay. Mara has a good point that it's not just about like physical acts of aggression. I think that unless there are parameters in place, at least something that I've heard of happening, um, especially recently is like that you, if you don't really know what the boundary is and if you just, and you could even just say nobody gets hurt. There's also like this if you go off book and you're like intimidating someone and you're not really sure of where that boundary is that's like a that can cause psychological damage like it's 
especially if it's off book. Also, yeah. that's, that's also when people are like, oh, we're getting to the heart of it. Like this that, is well, where the good the acting starts. I think a lot of the time that's really kind of encouraged and it, and it is powerful it is. to watch, but it's also, you know, kind of unfair. It's like cheating in a way when you, when you, I mean, yeah, the thing is that there there are like I've noticed like a couple different personality types that seem to be drawn to acting. And one is the very over the top type, you know, and people say you see that a lot with musical theater and stuff. And these are the people who who and I think I, I get the feeling that Alison Mack was one of these people, partly because I, I met her when I was a child. <laughs> really? Was she she was also a child actor originally, right? She was she was she was very sweet. And we were doing charity work together. And her whole thing was, I want to help people. But she was very sweet and bubbly and and kind. And 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 it does really, it just sort of, it serves as a reminder for me that a lot of people who get into cults think that they're helping. They yes. think that they're doing something good for the world and themselves. You really saw that in Nexium too, you yeah. know, and, and that she clearly was like, I'm going to, I'm here to help people. I'm here to like improve everyone. Yeah, that was definitely that, like, that was something that we, like, I'm pretty sure we met at an organization that was helping like abused children and like, like sexually abused girls. And the irony of that now, like blows my fucking mind, but, yeah. but and I think in the in the um, in Seduce, the 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 better of the two documentaries about Nexium, uh, by far, um, I think Indy Oxenberg actually points out that she was obsessed with being authentic because people always told her that she was fake. Mm. Yeah, and and as a child actor, that must be a hard line to walk because yes. it's like your authenticity comes from the fact that you're like an actual child. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I don't think that I was a particularly great actress as a child. I think that I was pretty uh, good. We beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, come uh, on, Mara. Iconic <laughs> Matilda. I'm I'm hard on myself, but I don't think that I was like like I've seen I, I've seen better child actors. Than I would say that you seemed very authentic and like there was no craft to it, which is very hard well, to you. do. You seemed like you they just found a kid and put them on screen. I've always been painfully sincere. And I've always had a good ear for dialogue. So I think that those things were good, you know, for me. But um but uh, I mean, I look at like Quimbledon Walls or somebody like that, and I'm like, okay, she's she's actually a good actress. <laughs> or or you know, I look at at uh, a lot of like child actors, and I'd be like, okay, you're you're better than I was. But it, it was much easier for me to act as a child because uh, I could access different emotions very easily. Because when you're a child, you don't know that you're vulnerable. And then I got older and, you know, and my mother died and I went through a lot and I became a teenager and I and I learned how awful the world was. And and uh, and, and, you know, and I got taken advantage of in many ways, the way that everybody in the world does. And I became very cynical and it was really hard for me to access these emotions. So, yeah, I often think that, you know, and, and it felt to me kind of like um like like in his dark materials, your your demon stops changing form, or in you know you, you stop being able to go to Narnia or Never Neverland or something like that. Like it very much did feel like something like when you grow up, you lose that innocence and that willingness to be vulnerable. And I think that that did kind of happen to me. And acting is definitely harder for me now because I can't access that that ease I had with emotions, that ease I had with vulnerability. So and that's another personality type you too. You see too. You see people who are wonderful when they let go but they're also very emotional and uh they're, they're also you know they're sensitive most sensitive people or most callous you know cynical people are are not callous but most cynical people are sensitive and i feel like that cynicism is like a callous 
Right. Which is also why in the acting class, they're like, you got to rip off the callus and like yep. get back to that sensitive, innocent yeah. place inside of well, you. Well, first of all, that's not how skin works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the thing. And it and and but then it, instead, it, it clearly doesn't work. And it's like, well, maybe it's time for a different kind of acting. There's there's many different kinds of acting. You know, there's there's Grotowski, which is all about physicality. And there's Meisner, which is all about being in the moment. And there's Adler, which is all about, you know, being a character. And uh I think a lot of the best actors I saw were in like at NYU were in the experimental theater wing because what they did is they allowed you to be very in your body, very in your moment. And there wasn't a lot of shame. Yeah. Like there might've been weird stuff that I didn't know about, but for them, it was just sort of like, let your freak flag fly. Let's, let's have fun. Right. And that stuff is all super fun when it's consensual. Well, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will talk with Mara about isolation tanks. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Upgrade your home now at Blinds.com's anniversary sale. And celebrate savings up to 50% off premium window treatments for years to come. Shop for your house from the comfort of home for modern Roman and woven wood shades, shutters, motorized options, and more. 100% online. Blinds.com invented the better way to shop. No salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or have Blinds.com handle it. Unlimited windows for just one low cost. Our design experts can help you select the perfect styles to fit your home and your budget. Totally free. We'll even send you samples fast and free. At Blinds.com, you get upfront pricing with no hidden fees, free shipping, plus our 100% satisfaction guarantee. So raise a toast to Blinds.com and make this an anniversary sale to remember. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale happening right now for up to 50% off. Save up to 50% at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs 
programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Okay, Mara, when you were talking about being in your body, was is that Meisner you said? Um, well, that's that's pretty much any kind of acting. I, I think, I mean, I don't know as much about Meisner as I thought I did. When I met up with my old acting teacher, I started talking to him about Meisner, and then I realized that he knew all about it, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that he'd actually been really trained in Meisner, so what I thought was Meisner wasn't actually. But, uh, but uh, and yeah, most people use, like, a, a different kinds of, you know, different kinds of acting, but, uh, but I'm not somebody who's very much, I'm, I'm like, I can't dance. I'm, I'm really bad at it. Uh, I never know what to do with my hands. You know, I have an expressive face, but, but I, I've never felt particularly in my body. I think. I think that's probably true for a lot of smart kids too, though. You're like, <laughs> I'm a little brain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was wondering if you'd ever tried to get in your body by going in an isolation tank. There we go. I have. Yes, uh, I, I have. I did it. So last year I was having a really, really hard time. Um, I was dealing with a lot of physical illness problems and that was causing me a lot of mental illness anguish too. I was having some confusing situations with relationships. Uh, my cat was diagnosed with cancer. I was having a lot of like professional struggles. It was really, it was a really, really hard time. And my friend came to visit and my friend is, is uh, she's like sort of an expert on, on like chronic illness and pain and things like that. And she also is, uh, she's much more like new agey and open to things than I am. I'm always like the skeptical one, but she said, why don't we do an isolation tank? And I, I think I only said yes, because I actually have a friend um, who we call Dr. Flux. And Dr. Flux is uh, a neuroscientist, and he does a lot about mental illness and such. And he has studied the effects of, uh, of, of isolation tanks on the brain. And I told him, I said, I thought that we talked about it once. And I said, I don't think I could ever do that. I would get so claustrophobic. And he goes, I'm claustrophobic. And it wasn't a big deal. He says, you find ways to deal with it. And so my friend Allison and my sister and I did this. And I was like, okay, Dr. Flux says it's okay. <laughs> I, 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 tr I trust him. I trust Allison. We'll see what happens. And, uh, and so we went to one in, in West LA near where my sister was living at the time. And, uh, and we did it. And it was a, an incredibly positive experience. How long were you in there? Two hours. Whoa, Mara. Yeah. But I mean, I kept getting out because like I had to pee. Yeah. Um, so you'd get out, you'd, you'd use the, the toilet and you'd like wash yourself off and then get back in the isolation tank. <laughs> uh, yeah, two hours. And I think the first hour was kind of a struggle because I was getting used to it. Or it wasn't a struggle, mm -hmm. but it was, I, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be feeling. But the second hour was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I, I feel like, you know, maybe this is just for anyone who is sort of a, an overly in their brain person. It always takes me so long to get out of my brain into mm -hmm. my body. Mm -hmm. And then when you finally do, and it, it is like, you know, there's this uncomfortable period where you can't stop thinking. This happens to me anytime I do yoga. Mm -hmm. It's like 
there's half an hour of me being like, I want to, I don't want to do this. I have to, you know, I'm thinking about something else. And then just like a certain point, you're like in your body and it's amazing. Yeah. It, it takes me forever. I, I, my brain fights it every step of the way. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting experience. I didn't hallucinate or anything. And what I did with the, it wasn't like one of those pod like tanks. It was like a small room. And what I did, because I was afraid of the, of, of like being coming claustrophobic, there was also like a button you could press in case everything was worried, was uh, in case you got, in case anything was wrong. Um, but I, I got in and, you know, you're, you're nude and the water is like completely cleaned and you have to put, you have to put uh, earplugs in and you have to sort of be like face up. And I mean, I'm pretty short, so there was still a lot of space around me, but I, I left the door open, you know, two inches. And then after a while, I closed it to an inch. And then after a while, I closed it to half an inch. And then after a while, I closed it fully. And I, I did that, and that, I think, made it feel much better. And, uh, yeah, the first hour, I was thinking about a lot of weird things. I was sort of trying to find my, like, buoyancy. I was lying on my back. I was trying to make sure that, like, the water, you know, solution didn't go into my mouth or my nose. And... Uh, I think I like briefly fell asleep and then I like clear, I like quickly woke up, you know, I like, I like dozed off, but then something happened in the second, uh, the second half. Like I can't imagine having hallucinations in there and I really don't think it would be a good place to do psychedelics. I really <laughs> yeah. don't think it would. Uh, no. uh, but I was lying there and I heard this sound and I was like, that's a really beautiful sound. What is it? And then I realized it was my own breathing. Oh my God. Whoa. That's yeah. cool. And I felt this like tremendous feeling of, of joy and like clarity and purity. And I was like, this is amazing. Everything is so beautiful right now. I, I feel weirdly at peace. And it was the most peace I'd felt in years. And what I ended up doing was I would reach for the wall and then I would kind of like, push myself off it and like go find the other wall and I would go find the find the bottom walls and it was like I was playing a game with myself I felt like an otter or something Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. I was just like I can touch the wall and touching things is amazing and and I'm swimming around in here like I was I was just full of delight yeah so you it sounds like you were having a psychedelic experience yeah you you just just, I kind of was yeah Yeah. it was like it it was yeah I mean I've never I've never done them because I'm, I'm a control freak and I'm scared but yeah but actually it does sound a lot like like uh, when a lot of my friends microdose, that's what, and, and a lot of my friends do. Um, one of them met Nithya while microdosing Nithya Raman <laughs> and, and gave her a hug and was like, thank you for what you're doing for the city and the world. And my <laughs> sister was, and Nithya was like, is she okay? Does this affect you in a negative way? And I was like, no, she's fine. She's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just, just microdosing. She's, she's happy. Some people um, on this call may have experience with microdosing. I won't yes. say who. So, somebody might be a big fan of microdosing, but could easily see how a slightly more macro dose would lead you to hug a city official. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, but it was like, it was like the, the, so it was kind of, it was probably a bit like microdosing in that, like finding everything beautiful, you know, everything becoming really lovely kind of way. Uh, You know, no, I, I didn't have any visual hallucinations. I didn't have any, you know, not really any auditory, but it was like my, my senses were amped and I felt, I felt like joy and delight in a way that I hadn't felt in a long time because I, I'd been in physical pain and I'd been depressed that I was in physical pain. And, uh, and it, but it was just the coolest thing because it did feel, it felt very much like a childlike sense of wonder. Yeah. 
And I feel like I could find the beauty in things. I could find the beauty in my own breathing. That's amazing. Well, yeah. So when you say it wasn't the pod, but it was like a room, yeah. how big is the room? And is the room entirely filled with, is there like a tank in the room? It was, well, there was like, it was like there was a bathroom and uh, there, like, there was, I think there was like a toilet and a shower and, mm-hmm. um, and um, there was, or maybe actually the toilets were in the hall and I might've had to go down to the hall to use them, but there were, it, there was a shower there and there was like a bench to, so it was like a little bit like a gym shower. And then there was this mm-hmm. thing that kind of looked like, it looked like like a big box or like with like a vault door or something. And then you would open the door and get in. And, uh, and um, that was, that was, I don't know, maybe like, maybe like uh, eight feet by like, like six feet or something like that. And so, so it's not was, too tiny. It wasn't too tiny. Like I could, I could comfortably, I could comfortably like, like swim around, not swim around, but like push myself around a little bit and not immediately yeah. touch a wall. Um, I'm like I said, I'm also very short, but I think that they do take like different body sizes into and, and into consideration and tall people into consideration and everything. Um, so, so there definitely was enough room and there was water, but then there was also like a high ceiling above me. So I wouldn't hit my head when I got out. Um, I don't remember how high the ceilings were, but like, I don't know if I would have been able to stand up. It was probably like five feet, but, uh, you know, you could, you could, or actually probably taller than that. Um, and, and so, yeah, it felt weird because at first it's like, whoa, am I like putting myself into like a a little freezer right now or something like that? It did look like a little, like it looked, it looked kind of like a freezer. Like if you work at like a restaurant or something, but, uh, (laughs) a walk-in, yeah, a walk-in, it it looked like a walk-in freezer. Uh, and that felt a little weird and there was probably only like a foot or two of like I'd say probably a foot or so of water and the water definitely had stuff in it that was going to help you float like extra salt or what yeah something yeah. like that kind of like like yeah like like the stuff that's in like the dead sea I yeah, guess yeah. like there's there's different kinds of chemicals I don't know what it is exactly and and I didn't totally float at first like I feel like my butt kind of dragged me down <laughs> um, <laughs> you know like like I had to I had to sort of manage manage that but like there was eventually I was like oh okay I get the hang of it yeah yeah. Have you gone back since? I've wanted to. I've wanted to mm-hmm. so badly, but but COVID happened. Yeah. So, right. yeah, I really want to go back. And I was actually talking, like, I was talking to my friend uh, Chris Fleming and his partner Melissa about it. And Chris is Chris is a a uh, he's a comedian and he's very weird. <laughs> and and so is his partner. And I thought I was like I was like you guys would really love this. I think like if, if for if for nothing else it would make a great story. And so I was looking at like the different places like in past. Sedina and and places that were like a little closer to where I live uh and then COVID happened and I was like well probably nobody's going to be able to do this for a really long time yeah that's like last on the list of things they're going to open <laughs> exactly exactly and that makes me really sad because I really did feel this I, I told my friends it was like meditating without having to do the work of meditating mm-hmm. right because my my brain does not work well for meditation like my sister and I sometimes do uh we do like a chanting thing she found a thing that has chanting in it. And I think I was a little worried about that at first because I was like, is this a religious thing? But it's right. not. It's just that saying things and imagining things, like you say certain things and you imagine certain things when you say them. And that like that helps me, I think, more than just sitting and thinking. Yeah. But being in the tank, yeah, being in the tank, it was like I was meditating, but I didn't have to do the hard work of meditating. <laughs> it was like it was meditating for me.
Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Well, now we're all in isolation tanks of the mind. It's true. Well, I was just thinking, I was like, I wonder if there's a way to kind of DIY an isolation tank. I feel like there is. <laughs> I have a I feel stock like... tank pool thing yeah. Yeah. that I'm DIYing. So I was like, wait, if you just cover that with a dome, couldn't it be your own <laughs> An outdoor isolation chamber? tank? I mean, maybe because, but it's it's like, it feels very different than what we're doing now because right now we're 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 forced into it. And this going into an isolation tank is definitely... Is definitely like a a you know a, a reprieve from everything. 
So yeah. I think that that's, you know, it's, it's definitely different <laughs> because, um, because I don't know, it's, it's like a, it's like a weirdly joyous thing. I think something uh, something about floating in water too just like does definitely. take you back to being in the womb. I definitely just feel that way anytime I'm in a pool and floating. It's like, oh, I feel so happy and comfortable. I used to fall asleep in the car like um like Molly, you grew up in LA, right? Yeah. So you probably have the experience that I did where your parents would drive you around and you would sit in the front seat and just stare at yourself in the rearview mirror all the time while they like listen to their oldies. Oh yeah, Tess. Tess knows what this is. Also, yes, yeah, yes. I moved here at that time as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I had that. I have a lot of memories of like sitting in the front seat and like staring at myself in the rear view window and and thinking that I looked prettier in that or the side view mirrors actually and uh, and thinking that I looked much prettier in that light and like listening to like sitting on the dock of the bay or something. But on long car trips, like we would have to go to like. I think we had to like go to Calabasas because my psychiatrist was out there, which is a very LA sentence. Oh, totally. My <laughs> psychiatrist was also in the West Valley and it was yes. like the worst thing about therapy was you had to drive to the West Valley. Exactly. To do it. But I would like, I remember like I would always fall asleep in the car on the way there and the way back. And I would, I would either listen to oldies, which I secretly loved, or I would like listen to like Weezer's Pinkerton or, you know, Third Eye Blind or some shit. And like, and I would always take a, like, take a little nap and I've heard people say later that like sometimes being in a car can can kind of be like the womb to some people. It puts babies to sleep too, right? It does. Right? Colicky babies. You you put some colicky babies them. in some a of car. Them. Some, yeah. of them, some of them. Some of them are don't the like it. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, now that you're saying that, I'm though I like I'm like I do have all these road trip memories of being yep. in a car. Yeah, when somebody else is driving and you can just fall asleep. Yeah, and just like the sound of the road and the music. My parents would play like a like a Pat Metheny album always, and like if I hear it, it just and I, I had a lot of trouble just falling asleep as a kid. So I did too. We had a lot of like albums that my parents would put on to try and help me to relax, and yeah. one of them was Avalon by Roxy Music. Oh, was wow. a big one. So like anytime I hear Avalon, which I like love as an album anyway, I just will get so relaxed. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> me with Paul Simon and Paul Simon's Graceland, I think. I think I feel like Graceland is the one for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. Um, I, and I didn't realize like all the issues with it until I was much older. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, he recorded this during apartheid. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. He's the worst. I, I'm a I'm a strong anti-Paul Simon. Uh, Molly's very allergic. Very yeah. allergic to Paul Simon. But I I, yeah. I I understand that it's like a lot of people's. A, a lot of a lot of white people, white Jewish people in particular. We we have a soft spot for him. You know, can't can't uh, yeah. can't apologize I, for some. I of these feel things, like but, it's just yeah. my my Los Angelesness overrides it because I'm like he stole music from Los. Lobos and like you don't fuck with Los Lobos yeah. to come to LA. But I understand people's affection for it. And Tess was listening to River of Dreams the other day, the Billy Joel album, which is another oh, yeah. Billy Joel was another one, yeah. They, it was Billy, but it was early Billy Joel for my childhood drives. My if my parents had played River of Dreams, I would have been like so mortified by that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably just played it in private. One of my favorite songs as a child was For the Longest Time, which probably foreshadows like my my teenagerhood in like acapella groups. Oh, and totally. Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely I, I th- thanks for making me into that kind of kid, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, no, the worst actually is my stepmother's taste in music. It's it's very, very like overwrought um ballads and very like syrupy ballads that she does that she puts on. Um a lot of like 70s stuff, but like not good 70s stuff, like bread, oh, things like uh, that. Works car- for me. 
The carpenters, <laughs> but not like the good carpenters. Not like not like superstar, which you know, which it's rules, best, but yeah. like but like they're they're more like the stuff that you know that Karen was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> can, I, can I just drum? Can I just drum and be myself? Yeah. So so riding in the car with her. Like I, I remember we went to we went to we drove to Las Vegas and back with like my best friend from high school and uh and we all just spent time like swapping um swapping albums back and forth and and yeah, I think there was a lot of Ben Folds five and weirdly Rick Astley was there too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the early Rick Roll. Yeah, yes. I mean, I think, uh, you know, in absence of being able to go in an isolation tank uh, or even an acting class, <laughs> I think um, it's, you know, visualizations of this type of thing. If you can just like visualize yourself in an isolation tank or like yeah. visualize yourself in the back, you know, in the car on that road trip. Like I find that very comforting. I was doing a visualization about being a beaver who lives in a beaver sounds really nice. Then, because I watched some nature show and I was like, ooh, wish I were a beaver. I've definitely had some dreams where where, you know, and and I and like that brought me like joy, which is surprising because usually my dreams are just stuff like like um I need to do the dishes. And like <laughs> That's what mine are like. Yeah, mine are really boring. Mine are like I'm in I'm in the shower and I can't find I can't find my like uh scrub uh, my like you know, I can't find like my mesh loofah. Where did it go? Is it on the floor of the tub? No, it's not. So my, like grocery shopping. It's like exactly thing to dream about. Yeah. yeah, it's just like yeah, it's like like I had a dream that like I threw something out and then I was like, oh no, it's not actually empty yet. Like a bottle of cleaning fluid or something. <laughs> and then I took it out of the trash. And I woke up and I was like, that was my dream. My dream was that I, I threw out like a bottle of leash and was like, oh, it's not empty. I should probably use this up first. That was my fucking dream. <laughs> it's horrible to be robbed of the opportunity to have a good dream. And right. Have it be that. Yeah. But lately I have been having like really weird, vivid dreams. And I wonder if that's because of like isolation. And I think everyone one thing that, has, I think. Yeah. And one thing I have to remind myself is like, like uh, that, that, like that feeling of joy and like safety and wonder that I felt in that tank I have that all the time like that I, I can at least remember that even if I can't make myself feel that I that that came from my mind and I think like even if you use like hallucinogens or whatever it is you know safely to to get to that point it still comes from your own mind and you can remind yourself that and even if you can't feel that again in the moment you can at least feel the memory of it which is something. Thank you so much, Mara. Yeah, yeah Mara, you. this was amazing. You're such a great guest. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us. I, I mean, I talk a lot and I pontificate a lot. So That's what we love. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah, so I, I figured that, uh, yeah, I figured that we would all have a good time. Yeah, we loved having <laughs> you. We've been, we've been wanting to have you on for a long time. So it's Thank great. Thank you. Yes, I'm so happy to have done this. And so everyone can join our new acting class that we're starting where... <laughs> Definitely we're, we're, not a call. Yeah, and, and I sit in the back with my arms folded, and if something's not okay, I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Stop. We have Stop. flags. We have little Thou flags. Thou shalt not get hurt physically or emotionally. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Thanks, Mara. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me. Let's see. They can find me, Mara Wilson, on Twitter, Mara Wilson on Instagram, uh, my Substack, mara.substack.com. I also just started a cameo if anybody wants to uh, watch videos of me and my cats <laughs> for their birthday <laughs> and do shout outs and stuff. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm on there, too. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much just under my real name everywhere these days. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been great. Hey guys, we have an announcement to make that is kind of bittersweet. We are going to be wrapping up the show. 
We started Night Call almost three years ago in 2018, and it was a reboot of our show Girls in Hoodies, which was um, when we were all at ESPN a long, long time ago. We've had so much fun doing Night Call. We're all so, so proud, and we're all really grateful for the relationships that we've formed with our listeners. Um, you guys are really cool, and that's been an amazing experience for us. We decided to wrap the show because we started getting busy. Emily, in particular, is taking some time off to do some cool projects, work stuff, and we just felt like it wouldn't be the same without the three of us. So we thought the right thing to do would be to wrap it up as a team, and then hopefully, maybe at some point down the line, do a third reboot, or would it be a second reboot? Because this is the first reboot. You tell us. We will be doing one more episode. It will be our finale, and that will be probably at some point in December before the holidays, and it will be all three of us. We're really looking forward to that. If you would like to call in and leave a voicemail for that show, please do, 24046-NIGHT. You can also email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. There may also be one more Patreon episode for our subscribers at patreon.com forward slash nightcall. This was a very hard announcement to make, and we just wanted to let you guys know what was going on because we really like you and we're grateful for you. So thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you one last time at some point. We'll let you know in December. Goodbye. No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T.com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. 
My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.